pushing record so i was looking at your garfield no you weren't i was you were s- serenading i was serenading garfield with the tango maureen from rent excuse me big hello hi how are you i'm good i'm tired but good how are you doing same 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 well this is answer choice E, all of the above. Hello. I'm Jess. I'm Sarah. Thank you for joining us today. <laughs> Today's topic is... Instruments. Instruments. Sing for me. <laughs> <laughs> Just screeches. <laughs> That's... Have you ever... You know how if you tell someone you're a comedian, they'd be like, oh, tell me a joke. Have you ever been like, oh, yeah, I sing for whatever. It's like I was in a worship band. So, like, yeah, I was in a worship band and I sing and play piano. Sing for me. <laughs> Have you ever had, because you were in choir and I stuff. I mean, Beatrice had that happen in the. In, you told me about Yeah, in the church. I made her sing for the congregation. Yeah, she thought that they, that she was just going to sing in front of them. But instead, she sang in front of the entire uh, meeting. There's so. a long story behind that involving a school project that went awry. <laughs> I, I still feel We might bad. share it one day. <laughs> Maybe one day. That I'm haunted by that, so. <laughs> when you were a kid, I know you were like this because I was. <laughs> when you were a kid and you wanted to show off singing, what was your go-to song? Like a kid. Like a little kid? Yeah. I'm talking about like first through third. Like a little kid. Uh, let me think. You tell me oh, what you were okay. was. Okay, so when I was really little, my go-to was the national anthem. <laughs> <laughs> no matter the situation, I was like, yes, I know this one. But when I got a little bit older, I always sung Jesus Take the Wheel. <laughs> that was my like go-to, like, oh, yeah, I can oh, do yeah. this. I'm so good at singing. Even though I probably had the voice of, like, a toddler and, like, couldn't. Um, mine, I think, was something from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang mm-hmm. or The Sound of Music, maybe. Gotcha. Because I, I mean, I watched Chitty Chitty Bang Bang on repeat, and I watched Homeward Bound on repeat, but Homeward Bound doesn't have any, like, Songs. songs. Oh! Oh, what? No! What was it? I know what it was. What was so, it? Atlantis. Oh my god. Do gosh. you know the song at the end sung by Maya and it's like um where the dreams take you? I don't think I know that one. Okay, well, I'll have to listen to it later. I mean, to be fair, Atlantis is like an underrated it's Disney so good, movie. It's so good though. Yes. The second uh-huh. tape, I was the first thing I ever bought with my own money. I think we've talked about this. Yeah. I don't think on the podcast though. 
Yeah, that's really interesting. You know, my other, I had two other go-to songs. Mm. Growing up, I had the Disney CD. Yeah. That had, like, Disney songs on it. Mm -hmm. And I would either sing Reflection from Mulan. Or I Won't Say I'm In Love from Hercules. Yeah, obviously. Like, those were my jams. Of course. I definitely looked up the karaoke versions on YouTube. That and Safe and Sound from The Hunger Games by Taylor Swift. I'm not a big fan of Taylor Swift. Don't come at me. I'm sorry. Um, But that song was life. You know what songs I would look up on YouTube for the karaoke with the male part so that I could sing a duet? No. I would do... Uh, I see the light. Yeah, of from course. Tangled, same. Yeah. And uh, say you'll love me from Phantom of the Opera, or that's all I ask of you. That one. See, I did Phantom of the Opera, like, like that that song. song because when I was younger, You're I like, could hit that C. <laughs> when I got into choir and had vocal lessons, I could hit that C, but I could never hit that C <laughs> ever again. <laughs> never again. Never again. <laughs> Uh, but, girl, I feel, I feel. We kind of went on a tangent. I mean, instruments, our voice. Yeah, our voice. Our Do voice. you play any other instruments? Yeah. What? Uh, <laughs> I play not very well, but I can play piano. I can play percussion, I guess. I don't know. Oh, yeah, you were a percussionist in high school. For eight years, yeah. Jessica. Eight years of my entire existence I realized. was in band. I didn't until, like, I thought about it afterwards and was in choir. Yeah, I was, I was never like, in band. I was very ah. sad at that. Yeah, I was on drumline and all that jazz. And then I can play ukulele and a little bit of guitar. Not much. Cool. Not much of that at all. And the recorder. Can't forget <gasps> the that. The recorder. And the harmonica. I can play I a harmonica. I cannot play a harmonica. Yeah. Growing up, I played... The recorder. Yeah. I was really, like, bomb at the recorder. I was a black belt recorder player. I can still play My Heart Can Go On. I can play Ode to Joy, so you know what? (laughs) Um, And then I was in a worship band where I sung. I played piano occasionally, and I do play ukulele. Mm. And get this, I don't know if you knew this, but every (laughs) once in a while... I would play the bass. <laughs> Slap that bass. <laughs> Not that I, like, knew the bass I really think, well. No, yeah, because you asked Brent to teach you how to play bass, right? Yeah. I remember I, you telling me. I don't know how to play bass, but we had a guitarist, and I would be like, okay, so what do I do for this song? And he'd tell me, like, this, 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 and this. And I'd be like, all right, I can do it. So I would just do that. Bet. <laughs> so I didn't wow. know how to play the bass, but I figured it out enough to play a couple of songs. <laughs> That, you know... It was fun. That's a couple more songs you didn't know how to play. I know. Look at you. You got you got some tricks up your sleeve. Wow, all the boys come flocking. <laughs> That's funny. Bass. You're all about that bass, you know? <laughs> I'm a comedian. I'm so funny. This is a comedy podcast. And then we look back at yesterday, last week's episode. Oh, Comedy! Guys, last week's episode was a doozy. It was rough. Hopefully we don't have anything that dark for a little while. Hopefully we don't scare you away again. I mean, I, it was back. really interesting. For sure. But, yeah, it's kind of dark. Sorry, guys. Don't but there was a disclaimer, so... If you listened and then we're still spooked, that's your own fault. 
It was definitely because of the horse joke, obviously. <laughs> Guys, if y'all listened all the way to the end of the episode, you heard me laughing at a joke that my friend Ingo from Austria sent. He texted me because he had never heard of the podcast. He looked it up and listened to it. And he texted me thinking that the disclaimer at the beginning was because of his horse joke, which I didn't even say the punchline to. We don't need to. We don't need to, but it was bad. It so was, it was not much good. love to Ingo. He gave us such a kind review. Thank you. If you're listening to this, we love you. Um. So yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to say before we go on? Um, I have a feeling this might be a longer episode. <laughs> oh yeah, it's this episode. Yeah. <coughs> I'm Are sorry. you okay? No. Me um. too. <laughs> Yeah, I'm fine. I'm just slightly dying. Um, I swallowed a chocolate nearly piece. headless. You said slightly dying, so it made me think of nearly headless Nick. <laughs> I was thinking of the half car. <laughs> okay, so one more little story before we go one on. One more tangent. Today I was driving either to work or from work. <coughs> it's kind of sad Excuse that you don't me. remember. <laughs> Today I was so busy. I've been at work for two weeks now and it's nuts. Anyways, so I was driving to or home from work. <laughs> Can you not cough I'm at that so... same spot every time? <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't mean to. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Long story short, my brain stopped working and I saw a convertible car and thought, wow, that person's driving half a car. <laughs> was it like horizontally? Like, no, the car like was half or like half? Like, half across the horizon like horizontal horizontally horizontally is what I wanted to say (laughs) horizontally like half of a car okay because I didn't see the roof and I forgot that convertibles existed apparently (laughs) they're driving half a car it was a very like cylindrical cylindrical car (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry I was I used all my brain power today already between the two of us, we have a whole brain cell. One whole brain cell that's freaking out because it doesn't know what it's, it's doing. It's like shaking. It's going. It's just like. <laughs> okay, that's that's enough of that. Do you want to go into the trivia? Ah, uh, sure. All right. Ah, left. <laughs> I'll go first. Uh, trivia number one: In what year were pianos invented? That's a good question, Jessica. (laughs) What's the answer? Answer choice A, 1450. Answer choice B, 1709. Answer choice C, 1823. Answer choice D, 1667. Or answer choice E, 1584. What do you think? What year? And these are all AD. I have to (laughs) specify... The oh. year of our Lord. <laughs> whatever, whatever, AD. And that's actually a really big debate. Really? A lot of people get either offended or concerned. Or that we say the year of our Lord? Yeah, but also there are so many different versions of, like, AD, oh, BC, yeah. BCE. There's a lot. 
Yeah, and so nobody really knows what the correct version is. It doesn't matter, it's 2019. Yeah, it gets really messy in archaeology. I'm glad I'm not an archaeologist. I always wanted to be because of Indiana Jones. Oof. But I didn't want to be, like, an actual, like, scientist where, you know, they do a lot and, like, are very patient and are very... Yeah. I wanted to be the adventurer with a machete going through the, of <laughs> the jungle. I read something that said, how long after someone dies is it archaeology instead of grave robbing? And that question made a lot of archaeologists uncomfortable. <laughs> I think, I mean, though, you're not going to go up to a graveyard that's still above, like, the ground and you can still see the- Oh, yes. I would say that's grave robbing, but whenever you accidentally stumble onto a cave and then you run into- <laughs> Oh, like, there's a person. <laughs> yeah. What well, used to be a person. Yeah. Then I don't think that's grave robbing. I think that's like, oh, snap. I, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I just thought it was interesting. That is a good question. Are though. you going to answer my trivia? No, I'm avoiding it. <laughs> Procrastinating. Do you want me to reread the answers? No, I can it? see it. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with 1584. Nope. Rat. <laughs> when was the last time I got one right? It's been a while. <laughs> either of either us. Of us. <laughs> Maybe we need to make dumber questions. <laughs> let me let me try again. Okay. 1667. Mm-hmm. Rats. Um, 1823. No. <laughs> 1750. No. <laughs> 1709. It was 1709. So, um, one second. I'm like blushing. <laughs> the piano was invented in Italy in 1709. By a harpsichord maker named Bartolomeo. Nope, that's wrong. <laughs> Bartolomeo di Francesco Cristofori. Yeah. I, I got it wrong at first, but I figured. I it mean, out. you, you know. <laughs> uh, one of Cristofori's original pianos is still in existence at the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York City. So, if you want to see a really old piano, that's where to what go. What was it? Um. It was at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. I've been the there. Met. It's in the Met. I've been there. Maybe you saw it. <laughs> Maybe, and it just <laughs> completely went over my head. <laughs> <clears throat> That's really neat. Yeah. Yeah. I picked that question solely because I liked his name. Fair. <laughs> Honestly. I mean, it was a good name. Right? Couldn't have done it better myself. Um. Okay, my question is... How many gods did the Aztecs believe in? A. (laughs) No more than 50. B. 73. C. No less less than 200. D. No more than 500. Or E. No less than 100. It's confusing. The mores and lesses. When you said gods and Aztec, the first thing that popped in my head was Road to El Dorado and the book, So I know there's at least one. I like that 73 is just a number. It's the only plain number on your paper. Um, okay, so no more than 50... No less than two hundred. <laughs> Completely skipped seventy three. <laughs> it probably it probably is seventy three and you're throwing me off. 
but I'm I'm gonna take the bait. Um, I want to say for some reason my gut's saying no more than fifty, so I'm gonna go with answer choice A. Good try, turds. Is it seventy? <laughs> yeah, checks are turds. Is it seventy three? <laughs> you would. I would cry. <laughs> So, the Aztecs believed in no less than around 200 different gods and goddesses. So, that was answer choice C. So, like, at least 200. <clears throat> yes. Perfect. No. Yeah. Yes. At yes. least 200. Um, they were all div- divided into... <laughs> Me too. They were all divided into three different groups. The heaven slash sky, the rain, fertility, and agriculture, which is all one group. And finally, the well-known war and sacrifice. All the different cultures and groups which made up the Aztec culture at one time had their own religious beliefs because they would go and conquer because they were Mm -hmm. such a war-driven state and then bring all of these people back. So in the end, the Aztec culture just adopted all the different gods and goddesses to their belief system, causing it to become They're so They're like, wow, large. I've never heard of that god. That sounds plausible. I mean, join the family. Almost every family had a different god. That's goddess. crazy. <clears throat> I know. That's cool, though. I agree. I'm interested in what story we're going to be covering just by that question. Okay. Are you ready for my second one? Yeah. Trivia number two. What is a self-playing piano called? Okay. Okay. One second. Answer choice A, a fazioli. Mm. Answer choice B, a shimmel. Answer choice C, a beckstein. Yes? Beckstein? Beckstein. Beckstein? Okay, sorry. Answer choice D, pianola. Or answer choice E, a gabler. Which one is a self-playing piano? I used to know this. And you know how well I am with answering and, like, following my gut. So Follow your gut. I'll get it wrong. Follow your gut. Uh, a gabbler. A gabbler? Gabbler. No. Was it a fazoli? It's not. Is it? Tell me. Okay, it's a pianola. I was so But... So all the, it was kind of tricky because all the other answers were actual like piano makers. Oh, cool! So like they actually make <clears throat> pianos, but a it's also called a player piano. That's that like, was the thing with like the scroll in it. Yes, it, okay. yes. It's called a player piano, but another name for it is a pianola. Yeah, that's why I went for the less layman's term. Um, is a self-playing piano. It contains a pneumatic or electromechanical mechanism that operates the piano action via programmed music recorded on either perforated paper or sometimes in metallic rolls. And um, a lot of more modern ones actually uses MIDI, like, to make the sounds. So, like, it's kind of like an old music box, how you can see the little raised bits did you know they had whole orchestras propelled by something like that? Really? Yeah. Like self-playing orchestras? Yeah. That's cool. Right? It'd be like going to a ghost concert. Yeah. It was really interesting. Uh, there's only like three left in the world or something. They were just so expensive to make and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, like storefronts would buy them and people would go to see them. 
I don't remember what. The phonograph. Phonograph. There, I had it backwards. I said gramophone. I mean, same. You me. know. But yeah, because of the phonograph, people stopped going to go see the self-playing orchestras because they could just listen to music in their own town, in their own space. Oh, mm-hmm. I get that. Yeah. So my second one. I'm excited. Bear with me, please. <laughs> I am glancing at your paper to see the answer choices and those names. Why do I do? I'm dyslexic, and this is what I like to torture myself I know the first with. name. I know how to pronounce that. Do it. Wait, you gotta read the question first. Okay, what is the oldest instrument ever found? So the f- answer choice A says Tutankhamun's trumpet. <laughs> yeah. King Tut. King Tut. Tutankhamun's trumpet. And then the you're this is all you right the guys in Klosterle. that was so effortless sounding <laughs> really i'm so impressed I was like, by you <laughs> i'm so impressed by you say it again <laughs> now i'm not gonna be able to <laughs> uh, the guys in Klosterle flute yeah guys i would have butchered that the guys in Klosterle. <laughs> oof flute it's a flute it's a flute it's a flute Lithophones. <laughs> it's choice C. Uh, three, the diva, the divje. Yeah. I would have probably pronounced it like divya. Or in divya. case the J is like a y. <laughs> yeah. The divya babe flute. The divja. The divya. Divji. No. <laughs> the divya babe flute. Divja. And then a bull roarer. Bull roarer. That's answer choice E. Yes. So, Tutankhamun's trumpet. Is it Divya? The Divya (gasps) Babe Flute. The Divya Babe Flute. It could be that. I think that's right. That sounds correct. That's answer choice D. So, A is touch Touch. trumpet. B is the flute. (laughs) It's the German flute. (laughs) C is a lithophone. D is the Divya? Divya? The Divya Babe Flute. And E is a bull roarer. Roarer. Bull roarer. Which one's the oldest? I'm gonna go with the blue flute. <laughs> Only because of that? <laughs> yes. Okay. So you're right. <gasps> I got it right. But because it's an instrument, I'm really all about this stuff. Okay. So I have a lot of information for all of Give you. Give it to me. Okay. So this flute, which is the answer, was found to be around 42,000 to 43,000 years old. And the Geisenklustera Geisenklustera cave in Blaubeeren, Germany, or Deutschland, it was made from mute swan bone and mammoth ivory, making it the oldest instrument in the known world to this day, leaving this to be the answer. Oh. So King Tut's trumpets were around 3,340 years old and were found in Egypt in his tomb. One was made with sterling silver and the other was either made with bronze or copper. So there were two of them. Nice. The lithophones range from around 4,000 to 10,000 years old. Different parts of the world has had similar examples to each other. The oldest example came from India or and or slash and Vietnam, they were made with resonant rocks. Cool. The divya or divya or divya babe flute was thought to be the oldest known instrument for a very long time. 
It is now the second oldest known instrument, dating back to around 43,100 years old. It was found in Cirkno or Kirkno or whatever, Slovenia. It was made from a cave bear femur. That's awesome. Yeah. The bull roarer dated back to around 20,000 years ago. They were found all around the world, but the oldest ones came from Ukraine and France. It was made from a thin slat of wood and a cord, and you, like, wave it around, and it makes that weird, like, <laughs> or, like, <laughs> roaring sound. It sounds like waves. That's cool. So is it kind of like one of those plastic things that you would wave above your head? Kind of. That would, like, m- like... But that's whoa. a pipe. That's like a... Yeah. A pipe thing. This is like a flat piece of wood with a hole in oh, it, and they wrap I understand. around it. That's cool. Yeah, it's like a paddle. Ooh. <laughs> Fun. Yeah. Well, I am significantly excited. Are you ready for my story? I will try to get through it semi-quickly. Born ready. Yes. Okay. So, I drew paranormal. <laughs> okay. And when I thought of instruments, I immediately thought of Bobby Mackey's Music World. Oh, yeah. But I didn't want to do something so mainstream, (laughs) so I didn't do it. If you want to hear a really good um, podcast talking about Bobby Mackey's Music World, you should listen to Realm of Unknown. Hmm. Um, I forgot what episode it is, but I listened to it a long time ago. So just binge listen to all of them, and once you finally get to the... To that specific one, let I us mean, know. I mean, you can probably see it in the titles. But, I mean, the guy that runs that podcast seems pretty cool. So, like, give him some love. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I didn't cover that because I didn't want to. So. I'll cover you. <laughs> we get in moods where we, quote, rent too much. And it's always whenever weird things are happening. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> So while researching, I came across a quote that I found interesting, and the quote is, music sounds like emotions feel. Maybe that's why I'm emotionless. Stop it. You are not. (laughs) Because I just feel all of the colors. It's because you see colors when you hear sounds. I don't see them. I feel them. Anyways. (laughs) So, Eric Olson... Uh, it was just a dude that wrote an article. I wrote, I read an article, and he was the author. <laughs> Whoa, you read? I do. He wrote I an article. I'm and I never learned how to freaking read. Hi, my name's Jared. I'm 19. I never freaking learned how to read. Anyways, here in an article called Music and the Paranormal. Ghosts seem to dig the tunes. Ew, me. <laughs> me as a ghost. I just loved how it was, like, super, like, music and the paranormal. Ghosts seem to dig the tunes. They dig it. Anyways. Do you dig it? Do you dig it? I dig it. (laughs) Um, And he expands on that quote that I had said earlier, stating that because it is true, music is anchored to the very core of our beings and it's tied in memory to our most fundamental experiences and and feelings. He goes on to say, quote, So if, if people have this relationship with music, imagine how ghosts, who seem to be very little but memory, feel about it. Music. <laughs> That's kind of mean. If you I know. I know. They're anything. They're just memory dudes. Th- th- they're nothing else. There's nothing else to them. Yeah. Rights for the ghosts. Ghost, <laughs> ghost <have> rights. <laughs> if we ever get big, we need to make like a bumper sticker that says "Ghost Rights." Okay. Okay. TM 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 TM. TM, TM, TM. <laughs> that's that's mine. Um, 
He also says music also acts as a conduit to the spiritual plane for virtually all religions on the planet, from the shaman's drum to the Buddhist chant to the Christian hymns. Music seems a not-so-secret passageway to the divine. I thought that was kind of cool. That's all on being... That's that's all I'm going to do about being philosophical. The rest of my story is much less. So, I want to do something a little different for this one. I ended up doing something I never thought I would do. Now I'm scared. I went to Reddit. Wait, have you not gone to Reddit before? No, I have, but not for the podcast. Not for the pod. So, I went to r slash no sleep. To be exact. I love no sleep. And the motto on there is, everything is true here, even if it's not. <laughs> Me. So, <laughs> I found this story that I really enjoyed, so I was like, this is the thing I'm going to cover. It's paranormal and a story and instrument. And so, me. It's titled, quote, I bought a haunted piano on Craigslist. I love that. <laughs> Uh, and it's by a user named Christopher underscore Maxim. In, Christopher Cross. In 2017. FYI, this story won best title 2017 on Reddit. Dude, that's awesome. I don't know if that's like overall or if they're like, this is a good title. You know what I mean? Nah. It's actually overall. like a big thing. Really? Yeah, I think so. Well, you I... look at me talking like I know what I'm talking about. I will have the link in the description if anyone wants to read it. Cause, link in description, lots below. Yeah, I had to edit it down a lot because it was really long, but I tried to keep the important parts without all of the flowery language that made it 27,000 pages long. But it is very well written, so if you want to read it, like I said, link in the description. Um, okay, we're going to start now. Yes. The story starts out with the author telling that he's a musician. Not a remarkably exceptional one, but a musician enough to work his way around more than one instrument nonetheless. He goes on to say he's an avid collector of various items, from odd to obscure, instrument or not. One day he sees a post on Craigslist stating, quote, Old piano, free to a good home. Free. When he clicked on the ad, he came across this passage, and this is a quote. <clears throat> I am offering my piano to anyone who is willing to come and pick it up. It's very old, but still playable. I can prove this upon your arrival. It is red and bears no brand markings. This is because it was made by my great-great-grandfather. This instrument is one of a kind. He went out himself and chopped down a redwood tree to provide the wood to build it. It took him many days to finally cut down the tree and much, much longer to finish making the piano. Nearly his entire life was put into this thing. I, however, have no use for it. It has been passed down in my family many times over. I have no wish to continue this tradition, and the piano is currently taking up too much space in my home. I want it gone as quickly as possible. My name is Margaret, and you can reach me by phone at the number listed below. Serious inquiries only. She sounds... kind of mean. Kind of? How so? Like... I don't know. She's just like <laughs> this has been passed down in my family but I don't for generations, <laughs> but it's of no use to me. So I get what you mean. <laughs> um, real inquiries only. So take this thing out of my house. <laughs> it's like yeah. Also, she's gonna show proof that she has it when you show up at her house. Do you know how sketchy that sounds? I think it was the proof. That it still, um, plays. Let me find it. Yeah, it says it's still playable. I can prove this upon your arrival. 
But still. But still. <laughs> come to my house. <laughs> come see me. So, this made him curious, and he called on the item in the cellar, and Margaret readily set up a time for them to meet the next day. So, the next day, he wakes up, really excited to see the piano, and just as he pulls up to her house, Margaret rushes out to meet him and signals for him to come inside. Margaret seems overjoyed to see him, which he states is odd, but refreshing. Um, And it was like she had been waiting for him. That's so creepy. Yes. And in the story, she had actually given him, like, a window of time to come. Yeah. So there was no way for her to know he would be there, like, right then. That's so weird. Yeah. She was, like, just sitting there. Yeah. Has nothing better to do with her life. Mm Mm-mm. So... Upon entering the room, he was overtaken by the beauty of the piano. Quote, There, just a few yards away, was the piano in all of its glory. It was a beautiful concoction of wood and ivory, the likes of which I'd never seen. It had such a striking red color, giving it an illustrious and bold finish. And the design, it was magnificent. Simple, yet magnificent. Highly original and certainly one of a kind, like Margaret had said in her ad. I stood there in awe with my mouth open. And he goes on to say that Margaret was trying to sell the piano to him and even went so far as to sit at the piano and play and sing for him. Wow. It is then that he actually describes Margaret. (laughs) He doesn't describe her until then. And Margaret is apparently a young woman, maybe in her late 20s, with a beautiful voice to match her beautiful appearance. I feel some L's. Some L's? (laughs) Some loves. So, as soon as she's playing, he's, like, overcome with, like, oh, my God, it's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. beautiful. <laughs> yeah, so he's just, like, yes, give. <laughs> he says he immediately takes the piano, but he didn't believe the backstory that she told him, and so he presses her for answers. He asks again for the story, and she tells him, you know, the whole story again, and he responds that, They live in the Midwest, and the Redwoods grow in California. So, (laughs) her great-great-grandfather would have had to travel a long way to get the wood and and bring it all the way back. Yeah. So, she ends up being like, uh, about that. (laughs) That was a lie. What I just told you, erase that. That, that, it's a lie, so... No, she's like, no, my grandfather, great-great-grandfather really actually did, you know, chop down a tree that was used to make this, but it wasn't a redwood. It was a tree in the nearby forest that was a local legend of sorts. Okay. Locals call it the blood tree. You know what it kind of made me think of? The witch tree? No. Oh. It made me think of the tree in Fern Gully. Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Girl, do I know what you're talking about? I don't know why, but it made me think of, like, that kind of Was that one, was that tree red? It was not. But, like, whenever you think of it, it's, like, a big, magical, like... Yeah. Thick tree. It's a thick (laughs) tree. Yeah. Yeah. So, here's another quote. Uh, It was a sacred tree worshipped by a Native American tribe many, many years ago. Anyone who finds the tree is said to live a long life filled with luck and prosperity. Those who vandalize it, however, will forever live a life of fear and misfortune. 
So let's go chop down this tree. <laughs> Her great-great-grandfather, of course, fell into the latter category. Though she claimed to not believe the legend, she did point out that he did die of a heart attack shortly after finishing the piano. As you do. As... Who wouldn't take that as a sign? She's like, I don't believe in it, but he did die. The narrator describes himself as a skeptic, so he doesn't really worry about it. He's like, I'm a musician. Like, (laughs) whatever, I'll take the piano. I don't sleep anyways, so. Right. So, he offers her money even though she says, like, no, it's free. (laughs) She keeps, she's like, no, I don't want your money, just take the piano. Uh, Okay, give me your money. (laughs) No, he actually ends up slipping an envelope containing $100 into her mailbox. Because he truly was That's illegal. a gentleman. You can't put mail in a mailbox that isn't from the U.S. Post Office. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh. Well, you can't put mail inside <laughs> unless it's a U.S. Post Shops. Office. So. Um, anyways, he gets a friend to come over and help him move the piano to his house. And things were good, you know, for a couple days. And on the third day, things kind of changed. He laid down to sleep, and as soon as he drifted into a slumber... Slumber? Slumber. A slumber. A loud bang came from downstairs that jolted him awake. He recognized the sound as a piano's fallboard slamming shut over the keys. The ghost was like, ah, you left this open. (laughs) Do you want me to go out of tune? Because then leave it open. Like, (laughs) do you even know how to take care of a piano? Do you even know what you're doing? But no, what I was going to say was the ghost like comes out and he goes, wait, wait, this isn't, this, have I, is this right? Have I lived here? Like, wait, is this my home? Wait, uh, something this How long doesn't was I look asleep? like Margaret's house. <laughs> this doesn't seem right. <laughs> anyway. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I love it. So, he tries to rationalize it uh, by saying, like, you know if you get scared and you're just like, well, maybe I just... You know what I mean? You, you, know, you uh, just hear pianos b- banging around, like, you know? It was the air. <laughs> like, it was a draft. The AC kicked on. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yes, so he had he was trying to rationalize it, but he hadn't played the piano yet since they brought it home, so there was no reason for it to be open. Hmm. So he actually he runs downstairs, and he sees that the fallboard is actually up. Wait, so it fell up? No, I don't know. <laughs> it was like boom boom. He chalks it up to his faulty memory and that he must have opened it while moving the piano and the sound, that came from a neighbor's house, obviously. Like, that wasn't my piano that I just got for free from a creepy lady. Apparently she was beautiful, though. A beautifully creepy lady. (laughs) Aesthetic. Aesthetic. So, he closes the fallboard and he goes back to bed. And he went to work the next day as normal. Uh, But the normalcy disappeared when he returned home. Same. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so, um, as he opened the door, he immediately felt a gust of cold air escape his house. And he 
didn't normally leave his AC on and it was not a cold day. So he was like, that's weird. <laughs> and he just brushes it off. Same. And he walks into the living room and that's when he notices that the fall board was up on the piano again. He's like... <laughs> you thought. Didn't I? <laughs> you thought. Didn't I shut that last night? <laughs> Am I night walking and playing piano? <laughs> Am I playing piano when I'm not even here? <laughs> Am I astral projecting to play the piano at home? <laughs> Am I special? <laughs> so, he began to wonder if there was someone in his house. <laughs> Honestly, me. There was a time in college I legit thought someone was living in my apartment. It was just like, a ghost. Well, I remember taking a bath and hearing, like, someone r- rattling around in the kitchen, and I was home alone, and I-, I had three roommates, and I was like, hello? And no one was home, and I, like, ran out of the house. It was great. Anyways, sidebar. So, he thought someone was in his house, so he grabbed a kitchen knife and, like, ran around the house trying to figure out, like, is someone in here? <laughs> hello? After confirming he was alone, he makes his way back into the living room. And the fall board was down. Just can't make up his mind. I know. So he convinces himself, you know, the fall board was always down. It it never was up. I imagine that. It's been a long day at work. (laughs) And I'm stressed. So I'm seeing things. Me. So he then attempted to go to sleep. Keyword. Attempted. Attempted. As soon as he shut his eyes, he heard something from downstairs. It wasn't a bang. It was music. <gasps> Ooh. So he ran downstairs expecting someone to find, or expecting to find someone in his home. Alexa. <laughs> play creepy music. <laughs> Oof. Um, so he was, my, the thing that confuses me is if he's like, there's someone in my home. And then he hears music, and he's like, oh, they're musically talented. Let's be friends. Anyway. <laughs> be my friend. You play music too? I'm so homely. We have, we have so much in common. So. You're alone. I'm alone. Let's be Let's better. be alone together. Let's be BFFs. Oh. And the ghost's like, yeah. Yeah, that's all I've ever wanted. So. He expected to find someone in this house, but upon seeing the piano, the music stops and the fall board slams down over the keys. It's embarrassed. Like, I get performance shy. <laughs> I can't do it if you're watching. Turn around. <laughs> so, uh, he did what anyone would do and he ran to his room and locked the door. I'm not watching. Keep playing. <laughs> I just, I like this part of the story because he just kind of sits on his bed, unable to, like, understand what happened. <laughs> He's, like, talking to himself. He's you like, saw that, right? He's, like... Mm-hmm. And he goes, yeah, yeah, totally. I totally... No? The piano? Wait, who? Hello? Hello? Hmm. So, he eventually goes back to sleep. How? I love that he ignores it. He's, like, it's not real. <laughs> this guy is relatable. <laughs> it's almost like he's real. <laughs> <laughs> so, in the morning, he convinces himself it was just a dream. And... He says, like, I know it wasn't a dream, but I convinced myself it was a dream. 
he says, quote, living in a state of denial was better than living in a world where I was going insane. It was like I'm living in Egypt, you know? It's not just a river in Egypt. Stop. Denial. Look it up. (laughs) (laughs) He says, I was so good at indulging in this falsehood that I actually managed to convince myself that it really was a dream or at least a product of an overactive imagination. It was a splendid defense mechanism, one that allowed me to go about my day without fear or unease. I left work, came home, and went back to bed. Everything went back to normal just because I told myself it was. <laughs> That's, hmm. like, extreme denial. That's kind of not good. No. Uh, but it happened again. <laughs> yeah. So he lay in bed telling himself, like, I am not crazy, and this isn't ghosts, because those aren't real. And so he started thinking that Margaret must have rigged the piano and that it was a joke, like the pianos in saloons that played themselves. And that's why it was free. He, he's like, that makes sense. She was just, t- just being a jokester. <laughs> you got jokes. So he ran downstairs. I'm a comedian. <laughs> he runs downstairs and again the music stops. He opens the piano up to see the inner workings and there's nothing. It was just a normal piano. He proceeds to freak out in silent horror as the keys themselves pressed down harder than before and played at a faster tempo before his eyes. Pretty much. And that's when the pictures began falling off the walls. How is it being, how can it play piano and knock pictures off at the same time? Because the whole house is shaking. It shook. It shook. The lamp falls over, which makes him look over towards the lamp, and that's when he sees a dark figure. I'm in the Northwest. We're not supposed to get earthquakes. (laughs) I didn't move to California for this reason. (laughs) You're right. So he books it to his room. He locks the door and climbs into bed. (laughs) Me. (laughs) (laughs) And the song continues raging on downstairs. And so he comes to the conclusion that he wasn't crazy and he hadn't rigged the piano, or Margaret hadn't rigged the piano, and that's when the music stops. <laughs> so he goes to sleep. How? I don't know. So he wakes up a few hours later to complete silence, the unnerving kind. He gets up and looks out the window. Quote, the world outside my room was still. No wind, no cars, no animals, and no people. Nothing. It was peculiar. Sure, it was the middle of the night, but where were the crickets chirping? The frogs croaking? The trees swaying? Where was the life outside my home? Edgar Allan Poe? Was that you? Yeah. For that matter, where was the life within it? I seemed to be the only moving facet in an eerily frozen world. I hesitantly ventured downstairs for any further indication as to why everything seemed to be suspended in time. He goes downstairs and sees the piano and something is off. A few of the keys are pressed down. He attempts to press them, but they won't budge. And the other keys don't move either. What does it say? What is it spelling? (laughs) (laughs) Well, to the left of the piano, he sees the dark figure again. He jumps and makes some sort of grunt. Excuse me? Window. Your window's yelling at me. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's like, you got it wrong! But the figure doesn't move. 
And he says, quote, it was as if it was inanimate along with the rest of the world. I decided to use this opportunity to my advantage. So he gets closer to get a better look. Same. Not same for me. I'd be like, wait, 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 what? He's repressing down face. No, he's like going to look at the figure. Oh. He's like, my friend! Yeah, he's like, (gasps) piano buddy. So he describes this figure as wearing a dark cloak that covers its whole body and that the face had a hood over it. And he tries to pull the hood off, but like the piano keys, it won't budge. Then the piano started playing again and the world came back to life. And so did the figure. It reaches out to grab him with what he describes as a skeletal hand. Ew. He falls. (laughs) He scrambles upright and runs to his car. He adds that he hotwired it because he left the keys inside. How did you have enough time? Yeah, I don't know. That was the one part of the story I was like, wait. 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 He's like, I had to hotwire it. I left the keys inside. So I had to get the panel off. I had yeah. to pull out the wires. I, mm. Hot wiring is so easy. So once he calmed down, he rationalized with himself. He's was like, what, am I just going to abandon my house? <laughs> like, is that the option? Do I quit my job and abandon town? Do I just leave? (laughs) Yeah, and he was like, "Mm, no. (laughs) That won't work. I mean, I already walked up to the figure. Like, I already touched it. (laughs) So, he thinks, you know, maybe I'll go back and destroy the piano. But then he's like, no, 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 that's a bad idea. I don't want to make this beard angry or create a situation where it can attach to me as a result of my actions. (laughs) So he wonders if he can just deal with it. <laughs> like, I'll just ignore it. And he Maybe decides, I can ask it to play pretty piano music whenever I'm falling asleep. Right. But he decides that, no. <laughs> Win-win. I can't deal with this. So he decides to go see Margaret. He drives to her house, and as he makes her way to his way to her door, the figure's back. It stands directly in front of him and blocks his passage to the door. He backs up. And the figure does not follow him. He gets in his car to leave, and still the figure doesn't move, so he gets curious. And he walks back up to it and examines it uh, like he did in his house. The figure does not move, and so he reaches around it to try to knock on Margaret's door. And that's when the figure actually does grab his arm. He says he tried to run, but he couldn't get out of its grip. It leans over him as if to tell him to leave, and then disappears. And he quickly leaves. He just, he's like, alright, okay. <laughs> so as he's driving, he comes to the conclusion that it was something he had to pass on to something else as it was passed on to him. <laughs> Do you know how many movies are made with that premise? Yeah. So. He makes it home where everything was normal and he went to his room and he laid in bed as the music starts again. And he was sick of the repetition so he just ignored it until there was a banging at his bedroom door. So he jumps out of bed and pushes his dresser in front of his drawer. (laughs) Cause that's how to handle that situation. Just push your dresser in front of it. So he sits in his bed and he just is watching his door hoping for the best. And he notices that with each bang, the door and the dresser are moving. Great. Then the dresser falls over. Bruh. 
This part of the story is what makes him the most relatable person in the world. You know what he does next? No. He hides under the covers. Yes! <laughs> he covers himself with his blanket and he tries to tune out the sound. Get it? Tune. Ha ha ha! Yes. To ignore the banging, he started listening to the music. He says it was soothing and beautiful now that he actually listened to it. So soothing that he no longer heard the banging and drifted to sleep. How? I don't know. Who is this guy? <laughs> he needs <sleep>. help. <laughs> so he starts dreaming, and he knows that he's dreaming, but he decides it's better than being awake with what was going on in his house. So he's kind of lucid. So in the dream, he's in a forest, floating through it until he comes upon a meadow, and in the center was the blood tree. Just as he saw the tree, a person stepped out from beside it. It was a Native American man. He did not speak, but simply pointed at the tree. That's when he could hear the piano leaking into his dream. The man walked over to the tree and put his hand on it and motioned for the narrator of the story to do the same. He did, copying the man who had closed his eyes. He saw visions of the tree's life and felt emotions of the Native American people um, and what they felt as they worshipped it. He saw that the tree wasn't always red. It was indeed blood that gave its color, but no sacrifices were made. Willing people from the tribe would slice their palms and place them on the tree. They celebrated life and becoming one with nature, and at this one tree is where they were at peace. It was also where they buried their dead. Mm -hmm. During those funerals, a leader would play a song on an ocarina-like instrument, and it was the same song the piano had been playing. It was their song of death. He looked to the man in his dream, who now had the instrument, and began playing the song. He handed it to the narrator, motioning for him to play. He began to play, getting the hang of the instrument quickly as he played. Uh, oh, and as he played, the tree began to wilt. He stopped playing, but the man motioned for him to continue, so he did. Before the tree could fully die, he woke up. That's when he fully understood the dream. Did you get an understanding from that dream? Maybe I'm just not bright. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I didn't get it either, but what he got away from it was that Margaret's grandfather, or great-grandfather, whatever, had taken away these people's headstone as well as their connection to nature. I mean, that makes sense, I guess. That does. But this next part was kind of a leap for me. He says, he comes to the conclusion that he needed to play the song of their dead the whole way through on the piano. Okay. So, Full circle, I guess. Yeah, so he goes downstairs and he, you know, starts playing on the piano. And he said that he, like, knew the song because of how much he had heard it. And as he played, the house began to shake and he noticed the dark figure standing outside of his window. Still, he played on. Quote, The dark figure kept disappearing and reappearing at odd locations in the room. Sometimes I'd see it right next to me, and other times I could feel it breathing down my neck. Ew. I paid it no attention, despite my He's fear. Like, are you getting it right? Are you doing this right? Ah, mm, wrong. <laughs> wrong key! I've been playing it for you for so long. Why can't you get this you one should right? Know. So. <laughs> he, um... It says, just as the shadowy figure appeared sitting next to him at the piano, and just 
as he felt the house stop to shake, he hits the final note of the song. <laughs> Basking in elation, uh, he turns his head and notices that the dark figure was still sitting next to him. He goes on to tell how the figure uncloaks itself. And it's the man from his dream. Ooh. And he smiles at him before disappearing. <laughs> Goodbye, like, friend. I like that song. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good song. <laughs> play it again, play it again. Play it again. <laughs> <laughs> so, he says that the piano had since stopped playing on its own in the months that had passed, and that he was pleased. He goes on to wonder who the man was, if he was some form of death himself, or just a Native American man affected by the actions of Margaret's great-great-grandfather, and the post ends with this quote. For as long as I live, I will never buy another piano off of Craigslist ever again. That's why you should just not go to Craigslist. Craigslist is sketchy. But that's it. That's my story. I liked it. That was a good story. I enjoy it. I like that story. I I like that story. That's a good story. That's a nice story. (laughs) I'm gonna send you my references. Thank you. Those are the ones from that one. Woo. Woo. I just got them. I felt the vibration. <laughs> good vibration. I would love to tell you a story. So once upon a time in oh a land God. far away. Well, I mean, technically it's kind of. So I got lore. Ooh. Instrument lore. <laughs> is this the one you said I might know? Or is it? Okay. Mm-mm. So, in ancient times, instruments were used in many different circumstances, some of which included the aboriginal people of Australia and their didgeridoo, where they could connect to the earth itself through different sounds and patterns created by the long pipe-like instrument. I didn't know that's what the didgeridoo was for. Yeah. That's cool. I have played the didgeridoo really badly, but I I figured out how to circle breathe. Because they circulate their breathing so they can continuously play. So what they do is they breathe in through their nose and they keep it in their cheeks. And then they, while blowing through their cheeks, like while pushing with their cheeks, they blow the air through their, um, uh, through their lips, which their embouchure is like a low brass instrument. So they just... Like, kind of like if you're a horse. Like, you're trying to be a horse. I'm always trying to be a horse, BB. Yeah, but they keep the corners of their lips really tight. Uh-huh. And then while they're pushing out with their cheeks... They're breathing in with their nose? Yeah. And That's I figured it out just for that one night because throughout the entire... It wasn't a performance, but it was... Demonstration. Yeah, throughout their lecture and their demonstration because they were talking about the Aboriginal faith. And their uh, belief system and their religion. They were talking about the didgeridoo. And throughout that entire lecture, I was just trying to figure it out. So, I mean, I was paying attention. Sort of. Yeah. But I got it. That one night. Never again. (laughs) So then the gong in ancient Chinese culture. 
It was related to rituals of healing, prayer, and is regarded as a very sacred instrument. And it's used in meditation in both uh, the Hindu belief as well as the Buddhist belief. And in most ancient cultures, the phrase, the drums of war, could be something easily related to. <clears throat> gotcha. Uh, do you know why they used drums? In war? Mm-hmm. To make it sound like a lot of people? Mm-hmm. <gasps> All right. Yeah, and it also, whenever you do it in sync, obviously mm-hmm. it gives something to march, march to. to. So it keeps everybody in line. It gives everyone something to focus on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that you don't get nerves. Mm-hmm. Um, Just listen to the drums. Yeah. And then it also makes, a, like, even a small band of people sound like a lot of people. Yeah. So, about 12,000 years ago, the ancient instrument known today as an ocarina... <gasps> I had one of those in my story! Yeah. It had its foot in many different cultures around the world. Flutes were the first instrument. Like, obviously... Like the sideways flutes or the frontways flutes? The ocarina flute. So, like... Oh. Um, 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 it's like a little oh. potato-shaped. Yeah. Like they had... Zelda. Yeah, they gave it a name. I found a name for it. A vessel flute. Okay. Because it's like a little dumpling sort of thing. Yeah. Like a shell. Um, so in South and Central America, where the Mayans, the Aztecs, and the Incas all developed and performed um, on clay ocarinas, majority of their ocarinas were shaped to resemble birds or other animals native to their lands. That's cool. In India, there were ocarinas found in the shape of animals also from as early as 5000 BC. Uh, in China, the form was slightly different, more like an egg, mm-hmm. and it was called a zun, but nonetheless, it resembled an ocarina in every other it's way. It's a zun. It's a zun. <laughs> that is where. <laughs> oh, my zun. <laughs> oh, man, I loved my zun. It was my child. <laughs> Thank you, Chinese culture, for giving me my zun. <laughs> However,. Um, one of the oldest known vessel flutes to be found was in Central Africa, which dates back to the like nearly three, uh, thirty thousand years ago. So That's it dates back thirty thousand years. Ago. Yeah, this vessel-like flute, these vessel-like flutes were usually made to be around the size of a person's hand. However, it can come in many different sizes as well as shapes, like birds. Bird. But caca. But it was originally made to be easily transported because, you know, whenever you're, you're working with that sheep, you want something to do and you don't have a harp, so... Something light. And... <laughs> Fake, something. fresh, and fun. That's you. <laughs> Subscribe. Subscribe. <laughs> Anyways. It has a hollow chamber and with a protruding mouthpiece. This body of the instrument has either 4 to 12 keyholes where your fingers are then to be placed in order to change the notes being played, much like a recorder. Unlike the recorder, however, the ocarina can come in so many different shapes. Um, 
like animals, people, mythological creatures like a dragon. I want a dragon. One of the most popular shape, which is the most common shape that you see today, was the dragon tooth shape, which is the most like the ocarina from like Legend of Zelda. Would yeah, that be one? like a triangle sort of shape. Yeah, sort of, kind of rounded on one end. Mm-hmm. The ocarinas produce a beautiful tone that were said to charm and speak to all that were in earshot. The beautiful, surreal tones could even reach up to the gods themselves and could send any human into a trance-like state if played correctly. In the Aztec culture, however, the ocarina was not the only vessel-like flute used in their rituals. I don't think you're ready for this. I'm not. <laughs> I'm shook. I'm not ready. No, you're not. In the Aztec culture, it was 1999 when archaeologists were digging at Tlatelco? Question mark? I'm so white. Mexico City. <laughs> I am so white. <laughs> and the wind god Ejecatl? 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 <laughs> Temple. Temple. It must have been a lucky day for them. Or not so lucky. Depends on how you want to look at it, I guess. Because it was here where they found a 20-year-old man sacrificial victim that had been interred for about, like, 500 years. So... (laughs) No. No. The person had been beheaded... Oh, no. <laughs> his arms were crossed over his chests, and in each of his hands were small, unnerving instruments, uh, to say the least. To them, however, yes, the skeleton was cool, but it was the things clutched inside the skeleton's hands that really screamed out to them, <laughs> if you want to say it. Because inside the person's hands, like, two small whistles which would later be identified as the death whistles the death whistles after scientists first found these whistles they were thought to be maybe small relics or even toys or maybe they were a little frightened at what might happen if they decided to blow through what looked like a mouthpiece but it took them a really long time to finally blow through the whistles are you sure this whistle's sanitary? <laughs> it looks questionable to me. That was until somebody finally did blow through the instrument, and I have to say I am really glad I was not there at that moment. Because... <laughs> for you see, this whistle is definitely not something for the faint of heart. <laughs> These oh, whistles no. were shaped into skull-like figures, and when played, a blood-curdling scream... <laughs> oh my god cuts through the known world as if it was coming from the dead itself. She screams in the night. (laughs) Ah! I wish it sounded like that. Oh, have you looked it up? You've shown it to me. No, I mean the whistle. whistle. Oh, of course I have. What do you mean? Was it terrifying? Was it like the video of the dog that sounds like an old man yelling? Do you know which one I'm talking about? (laughs) Yeah... I do. Um, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Actually, no. 
<laughs> let me let me find it for you. I, I mean, want to show you this. I want to show you. I want to share with you this <laughs> very unique Make instrument. Make sure the light's good. We call it dead whistle. Hold <laughs> supposed to use whistles at in our time today like a referee like, like a ref no. at a football game i was thinking that but that could be you know more known but i was thinking like when a lifeguard blows his whistle <laughs> and you just hear like ah, get out of yeah like he whistles at you to make you stop running but instead of a loud tweet you just hear demonic screeches Me. <laughs> like you better not be running why on earth would anybody want a whistle like that? Or for that matter, why would you want multiple of these whistles mm-hmm. in one place? <laughs> just like shoves like I three in not. your mouth. Um, just shoves three in your mouth and blows at one time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling the family. I'm the type of person who would want one of those. But also like... I need to know what they did when they heard it for the first time. Uh, right? There, I couldn't like, find oh, anything. <laughs> yeah. That's why I said I would not want to be there. <coughs> I want to know who created it. Like, Me. My ancestors. On accident. Obviously. <laughs> They're just like, oh, snap. Oops. <laughs> well, some scholars theorize that these whistles were used during times of warfare in order to distract and intimidate the opposing side. This theory is also more accepted <laughs> a more accepted theory because it's already known that the Aztecs were extremely aggressive, I guess. Yeah. They went to war constantly. They were very they were very focused on growing their um culture and dominating everything around them. Mm-hmm. But you know, you do you. The, um, and they already know that they had a massive drum section in their military forces. So why not add a screaming whistle section? I think Me it's a great too. idea, you know? Uh, you have so many people, you know, give them a job. I mean, making <laughs> jobs. <laughs> Capitalism. Capitalism. So... Other experts, however, believe that they were used for a completely different reason. Oh, really? Plus that. So it's like, yes, they believe that they used them in war. That's pretty widely accepted. But they also believe that they used it in their sacrifices. Oh. 
Um, I don't like that. So in Aztec mythology, the god of wind, <laughs> I'm going to call it the god of wind from now on, but the... Eh, how'd, how'd they say it? You probably... Ejecat? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's how yeah. the So that was the god of wind. The god of wind is Ejecat, um, which was one aspect of the feathered serpent god, Quetzalcoatl, which is the serpent god, the feathered serpent god. Yes. <clears throat> the Aztec god of wind, air, and learning, and other things. It was believed that the breath of the wind god moved the sun itself and also pushed away the rain, which leads us to the need for the flute. With the god of the wind needing sacrifices to enable his duty to be completed, the Aztec people would offer up the best sacrifices for the task of aiding and worshipping all the gods alike, especially the sky gods, including the wind god. Not only were the sacrifices important to the Aztecs, but all life was sacred. And much like the Egyptians, the passing over from this world to the next was extremely prudent. However, unlike the Egyptians, there was no mummification, but there was a journey, and one's family was to try and aid the journey to the afterlife as much as possible from here in our own world. Okay. <clears throat> Much like the ocarina, the death whistle could also reach the ears of the gods, according to the ancient beliefs. And honestly, after hearing it myself, I think that they have every right to believe that. <clears throat> right. Like, if God could hear that. <clears throat> God's probably like, please stop. <laughs> stop screaming. <laughs> according to some experts, the whistle was used during sacrifices as in order to help guide the souls towards the afterlife, the shrieking would reach the ears of the wind god, causing them to make the path towards the afterlife to be clear and comfortable rather than stormy or windy. Okay. They were thought to do this with every person, even deceased enemies. The respect for the journey to the afterlife was al always outweighed the latter, especially since your actions during this time could later transpose itself onto your own journey when you, when your time came to leave this life. So, they respected all, all humans, <clears throat> or animals and sacrifices. Alright. When the nobility passed away, it was believed that the wind god himself would escort the now deceased leader. Which makes sense, since the feathered serpent guy also served as a psychopomp in their mythology to summon the the wind god, which was an aspect of the feathered serpent guy, the psychopomp. Mm -hmm. Thousands of people would gather into the streets to mourn and send their leader to the afterlife, and their parting words were not words at all, but were instead the shrill shrieking made by a little whistle, which sounded like thousands of human screams that's what i want <laughs> it's a party take that whistle to a party oh <laughs> me. Uh, uh, what's up on here oh! <laughs> oh, you I made it spike so it bad <laughs> you are the party i am the party and as for a little fun fact, some experts believe that this whistle was also used in rehabilitation and healing practices. Oh my god. They were like, if you want to stop hearing the whistle, 
get better. No, you have to get better. Or die. Get better or die trying. <laughs> At least you tried. They think that they would use the shrieking instrument in order to send the human brain into a dream slash hypnotic like state in order to heal people. That's a nightmare. <laughs> it is believed that they would use certain sounds and rhythms in order to alter the heart rate of the people and states of consciousness, causing the experts of today's time to be baffled and intrigued by the idea that these brilliant people may have been using sounds to treat illnesses. I mean, that's kind of cool. Only kind of, you know. Only a little bit. However, I'm not going to lie. I would much prefer to be lulled into healing by the beautiful sounds of an ocarina, like Link from like Zelda. Like actual <laughs> ocarina. Yeah, rather than a whistle that sounds like dem- demons screaming me to sleep. Because that's just every night. <laughs> that got dark really, really quick. I'm just joking. I didn't like that. <laughs> no me goose. So, Yeah. Oh, is that it? Yeah. I loved that. I want one really bad now. Yep. I don't, I mean, I think they make them on Etsy. I'm not sure. (laughs) Sarah. It was like a whole science because like you blow into it, but whenever you blow into it, it takes your breath into different streams. Like different chambers. Yeah. Causing it to go into the body of the whistle and bounce off of each other. Kind of like vocal folds. Uh huh. <clears throat> and so whenever you blow into it, it sounds like screaming because it's bouncing off of the air, like other. It's bouncing air off out of itself. And then also on the sides of the whistle, blowing out, sounding like a scream. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. <clears throat> so yeah, that's my screaming whistle. Yay! Cool. All right. So now I draw for the next one, right? What's our next topic? The state. It's Michigan. 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 My aunt lives in Michigan. You should have some stories for us then. Bet. I have zero. I'll have to think about it because you haven't been anywhere. We we all know this. That's the ongoing joke, I suppose. It's not a joke. It's just fact. <laughs> I'm just a sad, sad lady. That is not the no. <laughs> that is not what I mean. Is that not the point <clears throat> no. of your story? No. Oh. Okay. Well, let's. Rock, what paper, hemisphere scissors. are we gonna? Yeah. Ready. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Ha The North winds. Winter is coming. All right. Are you happy with what you drew? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to think about. It. Am I happy? I don't know. I haven't gotten that far yet. Um. So while you're writing that down in your phone, Obviously. follow us <laughs> on all of our social media and keep. Well, we have to be better. I know. You have to be better, especially, because that's your job. No, it's not. Twitter is your job. It's not my job. You have multiple jobs. <laughs> Jessica, I don't get paid that's for what... this. No, you don't. And we need to work on that, too. Anchor, please. Love Anchor. us. Give us <clears throat> Um. So follow us at Aceota. A-C-E-A-O-T-A. That's it. 
That's all. It's That's short. All it's things. sweet. It's great. It's great. Follow us there. You know, we love you. So love us back. <laughs> <laughs> and if you would like to send us an email, well, I'm not joking. Oof. Follow the leader at. <laughs> follow the leader and send us an email. At aceota podcast at gmail.com. That's A C E A O T A podcast at gmail dot gmail dot com dot com. Also, the best place to rate and subscribe and like our podcast is still at i iTunes <laughs> at iPodcast <laughs> iTunes podcast. I do a podcast sometimes. <laughs> On iTunes. That is the best place to like and subscribe and rate and leave us a review. And if you leave us a review during our uh, <clears throat> our personal stories episode. That which we want we, to have really badly. So. Yeah. That we should be doing here in the next month. Then we will read off your names. <gasps> we will. Yeah. We will give you so much McFrickin' love. Yeah, so leave us a review, a rating. Uh, in order for us to get your names, you have to actually just, like, I leave us a short, out. sweet message. Um, nice. Even if it's just one word. You know? <laughs> noise. <laughs> noise. I'll take it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Leave us a noise. Leave us a noise. And we'll give you some love. Some lubbins. Ooh. That sounded <laughs> a little bit shady. Well, you know... We're two shady ladies. We're just casting shade. Anyways, we love you, and until next time. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Bye. I need something to do. You need a fidget. I need a fidget. I mean, I don't. I don't. Wait, have... I threw that pen at you. I don't know what you threw it like over the bed. <laughs> if I fall. I'll cover Come you. to my funeral. <laughs> I am falling for you, Jessica. Get your feet. <laughs> You're like, can't relate. <laughs> can't relate. Okay, do you have a fidget? Will you be able to listen? Just tell me when you're done so I can read. I know, I know, I know. I mean, you can read now, I guess. But you're making click clacks. So I'd rather you just... <laughs> you're being a turd, anyways. I don't mean to. <laughs> So, oh my god. <laughs> Tell me your story. Don't look. I'm not, I can't read. I'm Jared, I'm 19. <laughs> I never learned Let's how to flip see. and read. No glasses. Guys, if you didn't know me in real life, I wear glasses, I'm blind. I wear glasses too. You wear contacts more often though. Yeah, because I just sleep in them. Because I unhealthy. destroy. Well, actually I can sleep in these. They're so sleepable. I want them. Take them. What brand are they? I uh I don't know. I'll have to look. Okay. They're in my drawer in my bathroom. Okay. Cuz I'm the worst about sleeping in contacts. Yeah. Like I'm the worst. Me too. I don't like the feeling of taking contacts out. I just am lazy. I mean, same. <laughs> I should probably I was trying to rationalize. Oh. Uh, no, there's no rationalizing. You're like, "No, I'm just trash." <laughs> Wow, yeah, you're right. You know me so well. May I have an agua? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that. Sarah has drawn me a picture and I love it. I like how you draw kitties.
My turn. Can I have water? <clears throat> oh, right. <laughs> I asked for it, and then you started drinking. <laughs> I was like, that's a good idea. <laughs> I'm a copy. you. Danke. Bitte schön. Schmiederling.